Come on, love Jesus. Come on, love Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I don't want to know why I'm running. I want to know why I'm shouting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Pastor Moore. Thank you for this great, great privilege to stand before God so great a people purchased by his blood redeemed unto him out of this present world and set apart just for himself Oh, the great measure, immeasurable love of God for his people. Well, hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. If I shout, just know I'm shouting because God's done something great for me. If I run, know I'm running. Because my past has been redeemed. To the world, this seems crazy. But I'm just telling you tonight, there's just no telling what you're going to do. The moment you let Jesus really get a hold of you. Well, hallelujah. You won't care what it is. I often think of my Uncle Marshall. <laughs> when he got in this thing, Brother Moore, he wasn't that type of guy. He really wasn't. But when he got in this thing, he acted like a wild man. And it didn't matter who came in that door. When he got his eyes and his mind and his heart, and you started singing about Jesus, it was all about Jesus then. It was all about dancing and praising. It was all about worship. It was all about giving glory to God. That in his later years kept him till he could bring him in. And change his life completely. It's never too late. It's never too late. You ought to give God some praise tonight. Hallelujah. I got a song I want to sing, but I'm going to sing this after. But you can stay up here and play this if you want. Something about that minstrel. Praise God. Can I talk for a little while? Good brother back here. I've, I've seen him and known him for years, just in passing. He asked me if I knew his name. I said, I think it's Norris, right? He said, You would be right. And, uh, but I, I did. Do you have a brother that works at the funeral home? Used to. Okay. I thought that was your brother, but I wasn't sure. Praise God. It's good to have you. It's good to have all of you tonight. And uh, got out a new notebook. Owen is almost full. 
I was going to write some stuff down and I didn't make it. <clears throat> I didn't get to fill out my tire slip and stuff for that help. Uh, I don't know what scripture to read first. But I'd like to talk to us tonight about our, our altar. Our altar to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And I'll read, uh, if you got your Bible, turn to Genesis. I'll start right here at the first and uh, <clears throat> let's see how it goes this brother said this morning about somebody shelling the corn brother I hope I don't let you down and that I, all I brought was a cob and I just throw the cob at you yeah. something's been on my heart Probably more for myself, maybe, than anybody else. What's happened to our altars? Genesis 8. 20 and 21, it says, And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. And so because God smelt a sweet savor. From the altar of Noah. put a bow in the sky and said he would not again destroy the earth with water. But he said, while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Brother Moore, would you ask God to bless this word tonight? Y'all pray. Thank you, Lord. Our minds. God, move us from where we are to 
a place where you talk to us. But we're in the power and the glory of the presence of the living God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Everybody say amen. amen. And you can clap as you're going down sitting. Hallelujah. Clap it to the Lord, everybody. Let's love him. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Altars, altar, the, the Hebrew word for altar is Mizbeach. You can imagine. It looks funnier than that if it's in Hebrew writing. It just looks like a bunch of scribbles backwards because they write this way, right? If we write this way. They go this way. And, uh, but, and the meaning is to, one, I guess it's the Eastern Dictionary says to slay. International Standard Bible Encyclopedia said it's a place of slaughter. Literally, it says, literally means place of slaughter or sacrifice. And, uh, so, for us as, as humanity, as, as, as mankind, uh, there is uh, an inherent something in us that uh, does, not like, it does not like pain, Brother Moore. It doesn't like any sort of suffering. But uh, as... as Humans, we want things uh, uh, to, to go our way, and we like to, uh, in a sense, our flesh, it, it kind of likes to have the preeminence. Hence, even the garden, when he came to her and subtly, you know, offered her the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she partook of it, saying, oh, it was one it was a fruit that was really good to eat and it's one, to make one wise. And uh, so we've, we've had that problem since even at the fall, just before the fall. Uh, and so the enemy came and uh, I don't know how much Satan knew. I, I don't know much how, how much God had let him know. Uh, uh, all I know is that in the garden, man fell. And in that fall, he said all humanity because she was the mother of all living and he was the father of all. And, uh, and so uh, we find ourselves in a, in a predicament. And, uh, uh, and as time rolls on, uh, we see the, the first murder. And then uh, the blood was spilled by Cain of his brother Abel. And, uh, and uh, the ground is then, you know, tainted uh, the very thing that brought sustenance to them now has soaked up life uh, and for life is in the blood and uh, and you know the story in the garden how they made the fig leaves to cover their nakedness but that can't be done it takes God it it took uh, the mighty God to to come and to kill an innocent and so the uh, the offering of substitution was there first instituted one life for another and uh, so God, taking the life of an innocent, 
covered their uh, iniquity, uh, if you please, and kind of and rolled it ahead until such a time as he would institute the Mosaic Law. But uh, tonight, I just want to somehow try to to to, to get it in our minds that uh, that. Up until the time of Noah, there was nothing spoken about an altar. And there was nothing spoken about uh, uh, giving a sacrifice except when they brought their offering uh, to the Lord. And, and Cain's, you know, his didn't quite measure up. Uh, and if you read that carefully, there was something inherently wrong with Cain's heart. Because God gave him opportunity. He said, if thou doest well... And if not, and his desire shall be unto thee. But Cain could not find a place of reconciliation, Pastor Moore. So because he couldn't find a place of repentance, he slew his brother. I'll get rid of the problem. And so we see here Noah as he, uh, he comes off of the ark. And Noah had found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he comes off the ark and, and he... And he and because he is so thankful that God has saw him through, there's nothing left of all of the animal kingdom that was there before except those on the ark. There were no people left in all of the earth except those that were with him on the ark. Everything else had been annihilated and God had covered every inch of dirt and every mountain and tree on the mountain. He had covered it with water and everything died. There was no life left except what Noah had on the ark. And so he comes off the ark and he builds an altar. And when he builds that altar, he offered. I don't know how he knew to get the clean things because the law of Moses wasn't yet. But somehow or another, he only chose the clean. And uh, so evidently God is talking to to Noah, and he's making the right choices. But he offered that, and, and the, the, the savor and the smell from that, it said it made, a, uh, it made a sweet aroma unto the Lord. It was a sweet savor that God smelled. And God said, I'm going to do something good. Friend, I want to tell you tonight, there's something about an altar that when you go to that altar and you give your sacrifice there, that it should bring a sweet aroma unto your God. But if there is no altar and if there is no sacrifice, I'm telling you that you're in danger of losing your way and you're in danger of sending something up before your God that is not a sweet smell and savor but is a stink in the nostril of the Lord and so we see here that uh, an altar is for sacrifice it's for uh, it's where death occurs and uh, not all altars uh, uh, Brother Moore were, were sacrificed on. There are times that Abraham built an altar and he built it as a memorial, as a worship and praise unto God. I'm going somewhere. Just give me a moment. I may not be that long, but I want to touch you where you live tonight if I can. And so uh, he would offer or he would uh, he built an altar unto the Lord and uh, and uh, it was a memorial unto the Lord. And, and, and Jacob, he, he built uh, and Isaac built an altar 
uh, and where he built it, it was a memorial or because God had done great things and had restored unto him the things of his father and the wells and, uh, and the water flowed again. And so uh, altars uh, are for different people, different things. And if you keep on reading in the word of God, you see where the heathen had their altars. And God, every time you see a heathen altar, they set them on high. They make them ornate. And they make them uh, uh, structures on the high places on the rooftop. They put them where people can see them. And they put them uh, out there to be uh, something that they can, is just maybe eye-catching. And they, uh, and they put uh, a lot of work into it so it can uh, somehow appease uh, a pseudo-God uh, or a God of their imagination. Something that they think uh, may have at one time uh, because the water came up uh, and then it didn't do uh, what they thought it was going and destroy them, but it helped them and uh, brought them a fish. Then they said, oh, I will make an altar to this river God. And I will. And they had altars to the Nile. They offered to the Nile River, threw their babies in the Nile, all kinds of things. And they let them pass through that. They had altars, many altars that came in the times to come because men was wicked. Men is inherently evil. And uh, so we see that, uh, that this first altar and the true intent of an altar and the way that it should be, uh, it should bring glory to God. It should bring honor to God. And uh, so in book of Exodus, the 20th chapter, God give us some regulations and rules on how to build an altar. And so he says in the 20th chapter, of Exodus, the 24th to 26th verse, it says, An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings, and thy peace offerings, thy sheep, and thine oxen. In all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. And if thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stone. For if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered. So he's telling them, an altar in earth, an altar of earth, thou shalt make it to me, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings. And if you build one out of stone, you dare not touch it with a tool. And don't put no steps to it because I don't like seeing nakedness. He instituted that in the garden. He's saying it again here. And he says it everywhere in the word of God that your nakedness and that your shame appear not. And when it says that your shame appear not, it's talking about your flesh. Because the best your goodness is in your flesh, the best of your goodness is filthy rags. Unless you have the righteousness that is of God through Christ Jesus, if that doesn't show forth, it's filthy rags. So the best you can do is filthiness in your own right. And so he's telling them here, 
an altar of earth. And, uh, and so I'm, 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 you know, I struggle. I struggle with me. I don't have a problem with other people. I, ha- I, have, a tr- I have trouble with me. I have trouble with uh, John Leroy. And some, a guy asked me the other day, what is your name? I said, they all call you Ford. I said, that's my last name. He said, well, some of them call you Troy. I said, that's a part of one of my names. He said, well, I heard somebody call you Jeff the other day. I said, that's my name. And is it Jeff or Jeffrey? I said, well, Jeff is short for Jeffrey. He said, well, what about Leroy? I said, they call me Leroy. He said, well, I said, they call me John Leroy. I said, I got a bunch of names. And some of them I don't care to repeat. Matter of fact, I don't. And I won't. <laughs> I don't talk like that. Right? And, uh, but, <laughs> hey, Lord, help me. I don't know how I got on that for before. Somebody have to help me out here now. But, uh, but, <laughs> yeah, amen. But, I have trouble with, and so, When you come to God, you didn't come to God without building an altar. You can forget it. And when you walk with God, you can't walk with God without an altar. God instituted a, 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 a daily sacrifice and a, a daily ritual of A morning and an evening sacrifice for the children of Israel. He instituted all of the seasons and the times. And and, uh, coming up is Yom Kippur. And we looked it up. And and I had read it the other day. And I forgot which day it was. But Yom Kippur coming up on the 28th, I believe, is the Day of Atonement for the Jews. And so they kept that day. And they know when that day is. And they, they keep that day, that feast day, the Day of Atonement. And, and, and the other days that they keep. And so uh, God instituted all of these feast days and, and how to sacrifice and what to do and what it meant. And, and uh, here they are steeped in what they do. But the altar is, a, is that central figure outside the court. And the altar, it, it just invariably, Brother Moore, it's sacrifice. It's a place of slaughter, of death. It's a place of blood. It's a place of, uh, of, uh, of dire. Something has to give its life and it's taken away. And, uh, and there's no more life and, and uh, a substitutionary uh, life of the blood of those animals in the mosaic law it 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 appeased god and it was a sweet smelling savor but there is another altar in that in that uh, in that tabernacle plan that if you go inside the court inside that first out the outer court outside the camp if you please was the brazen altar but inside the gate or inside the holy place not the the holiest of all, but inside the tabernacle, there was an altar of incense. And it had horns on that altar also. 
And uh, there was fire at the brazen altar. And the fire on that altar was to never go out. It was to burn continually. And the priest had to make sure that there was always fire on that altar. And uh, and. Uh, they would take the fire from that altar and they would go in and they would feed the fire on the altar of incense. And the fire on the altar of the in, altar of incense was to never go out. And the light that was inside was lit from the fire of the altar. And it was to never go out. And the oil was to never run out. And the light was to continually burn and so uh, from from this uh, from this altar outside there was light given to the inside it was the, the the fire from out here on this brazen altar that give light to the inside or to the altar of incense or to the altar of praise and of prayer and of the worship of the saints which it signified. But it was called the golden altar or the altar of incense. And, uh, and if we look at this, uh, that's how Eli got in trouble. He said, air the light in the temple went out. And then, you know, the baby was born and the ark was taken. And he heard that his sons was dead. But when he heard that the ark was taken, he fell backwards and his broke his neck. And then the daughter-in-law, she travailed in pain at the thought of her husband and her father-in-law was dead. And the ark was taken. And she named that son heir before she died. Right before she died, she said, his name is Ichabod for the glory hath departed. God the ark of the covenant is gone and the Jehovah God as we knew him in a box where we thought he just stayed in the house. If, if you're not careful, you're going to put your God in a box and he's never going to get out. God never intended for them to think that he just stayed in a box. But he showed himself on the mountain of fire and he thundered with his voice. He wanted them to know, I am everywhere. I'm a God that is not chained up. I'm a God that cannot be put in a box. I am for you. And if God be for you, who can be against He's everywhere. He knows where you are. He cannot be stopped. His power is unlimited. And he's for you. But we'll put him in a box. And so the children of Israel didn't matter, Pastor Moore. They would wrap that thing up, put it all under curtains. And the, the priests all had their duties and only certain people could go in and touch certain things. If you weren't the son of a, of a priest, of the high priest, you couldn't go in and see the holy things inside the holy place or the holiest of all. That was left to the high priest himself. I'm telling you, God had it laid down, but there was no stopping the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. He was looking all the time. He said, I hear you murmuring in your tent. He knows your thoughts. He knows your thoughts are far off. He knows your uprising. He knows your down sitting. There's nothing he don't know about you. He understands everything that's happening with you right now. You think you got it hid? You ain't got it hid. You think you got it hid from everybody around you? You really don't have to be hid from them. There's a lot of people know some things you don't think they know and they know it.
Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, I had no idea I was going to say all this. But I'm here now. So I might as well plow a little deeper. Uh, and what you need to do, uh, well, let me, you got to build you an altar. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Moore, I got to build me an altar. Oh, I gotta, I gotta find a place where I, hey, I gotta get to that place where I know I got an altar built. Hey, 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 I gotta get to that altar every day. I can't let it slip. That's something about an altar. It, it's gotta have sacrifice. It's gotta have sacrifice. It's just a stagnant thing. It's a piece of furniture. Without the significance of the fire. And so. We see. That God put all this in motion. And they would come yearly and have their sins rolled ahead. And the high priest done everything just to the nth degree. He done it exactly the way God commanded. Or he would die behind the curtain when he went back. And he always took that censer. He put the fire from that altar out there and he put it in that censer. And he took the anointing oil. And he poured it on that. And it created a cloud. It created a, 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 a cloud for him. That when he went behind that veil. The holiest of all. He took that censer in with him. And set it down. And that cloud would fill that place. And it would create a covering for him. And would hide him from the presence of God. He said where I sit on the mercy seat. To meet with you there. When you come in. And I'm going I'm going to atone the sins of the people. But don't you come in here without that blood. And you place it on the, on the horns of the mercy seat. You place it on there. And it's going to be an atonement. And it's going to cover their sin. But you better come with incense of praise and prayer and worship. Because if you don't and you see me, you'll die. And I'll have to drag you out. And, and so, I got to looking, and I was reading, and I guess perchance you could say, but I don't believe anything happens by chance. I believe God talks to us, even if we're not worthy, sometimes he talks to us. Even when we're despicable, he'll talk to us. Uh, I'm living proof of that. And, uh. And so I, I'm, I'm looking and I'm, I'm reading and I'm thinking, you know, you know how we do. We, we, just, we just get it and we just go with the flow. We just keep on going sometimes. We're not supposed to be there. If we're really supposed to be, I'm supposed to be looking for this over here. And we just get caught up and we just, next thing you know, two hours later, we're way over here and we're supposed to be over yonder. And uh, I, I get caught up in that a lot. But uh but I noticed in the book of Revelation, Brother Moore, 
and mentions an altar in there. It says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Now, what kind of an altar is that? I'm going to cross some of you up pretty bad right here, I think. Maybe not. You might know this stuff already. Maybe I'm just a late bloomer. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you're never wasting your time with the Word of God. For the Word of God is what? Quick and what? Powerful. And it's what? It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing asunder. Joints in the marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the Hey, he knows where you are. The word of God will work on you. It'll, it'll make you alive. Because he's the living God. And he was a word made flesh and dwelt among us. There's a whole lot of stuff. The whole word of God is a oneness. This is the oneness book. This is not a Trinitarian book. They can't get their doctrine out of here. Because God is one. It never teaches the Trinitarian doctrine because God is one. There's not three persons in the Godhead. There's one person in the Godhead. That's the man Christ Jesus. Well, hallelujah. But I'm not going to get into that. I'm talking about an altar. And so the next one says Revelation 8 and 3. So, you know, let me uh, just use that as where I can go. I didn't. Did I write all these down? I did write that one down. So, let me read it in case y'all think this phone is telling a lie. Okay, how about that? Okay. Revelations 8 and 3. Uh, we started the first verse, and when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in the heaven for a space of half an hour. And I saw seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. Now, this is the same altar talking about in the other one. He stood at the altar. There is the altar up there. What John's seeing. Not those altars. And so he's having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. Now I'm going to stop right there. The reason. There's only one altar, and that's an, the altar where there's a golden, in, golden censer and where incense is spoken of and put into that censer 
is because there is no need and it's not, if you think about it, it's not possible for the brazen altar to be in the heavenly, in the holy place. It talks about that that, that old tabernacle was a figure of that which is in the heaven. Uh, but it said that Jesus came and he died in the outer court. Oh, let help me, Holy Ghost, right here. So let me, uh, let me, so I'm going to get ahead of myself maybe a little bit, but I, I've got to do it this way just so I can kind of bring this all around. Is that okay? Everybody say amen. amen. Is this too much? Everybody all right? All right. So uh, Hebrews 13 uh, and 9, we'll start with 9. And it says, be not cared about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Talking about them in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle plan, and uh, those that's just so occupied with that stuff that when Jesus came, he had to knock, even had to knock one of them that was so zealous and he would kill people because he didn't think they were doing Jehovah right, that Jehovah had to knock him off his donkey and blind him and speak to him. And when he asked him, why are you persecuting me, Saul? He said, who are you, Jehovah? He said, I'm Jesus. It's almost like saying big dummy. Put it in our vernacular today. And so he had no idea. He was so busy in keeping ceremonial stuff and trying to uh, appease his uh, peers and those ahead of him that he was killing Jesus Christ himself and hailing him to prison because when they touch you and you're a child of the king and you've been bought by the blood and you've went through the door to the sheepfold and you've been through death, burial, and resurrection, when they put their hand on you, they put their hand on Jesus himself. When they put their hand and their lips on you and they castigate and, and, and say all manner of things against you, they're talking about Jesus also. So don't you worry. Their day's coming, but we pray for them because they do it in ignorance and sometimes God will knock them off their beast and say why are you persecuting me and brother Booker says you just never know who's God's going to reach and then it says we have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle now you think about what it is that God has given you When you think about your altar, and the importance of that altar, and the importance of the death of Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed at Calvary, and the importance of you doing everything and anything that you can to make sure that your calling and election is sure. And that you will do anything, no matter what it is, to, that you have to do to find yourself on the right side of Calvary. And to find yourself 
in the sheepfold of God and to find yourself full of the Holy Ghost, baptized in his name, obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is bought to the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Jesus, wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. And so we see that brazen altar out there. The fire at that brazen altar, it signified the very fire that talked to Moses on the backside of the desert. He don't need the brazen altar in heaven. He don't need a place of sacrifice anymore. He suffered in the earth outside the camp. That's where he's died because it was the earth that had sinned. It was Adam that was taken from the very ground. It was earth that sinned in the garden. And it was earth that received the blood as it spilled down. And it was the earth that shook violently when that blood hit the ground. And the earth opened up. And the saints came out of the graves. And they walked about after the resurrection. Suffered without the gate. Without the camp. In the earth. Abraham is your father of faith. It's never been about ritual. It's always been about believing God. Yes. It ain't about a ceremony. That's why he said, you build me an altar. Don't you make steps to it. Don't you put a tool on it. And if it's an earthen thing, you just let it be like it is. And you just build an altar there. And you sacrifice to me on that altar just like it is. Hey, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It the steps at Calvary. At Calvary, the ground is level. You just come like you are. And God will wash you up if you'll make your self-available, but you got to bring yourself as a sacrifice. It's a place of death. The soul that sinned this shall surely for all have sinned. Well, Christ paid my debt. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's death, burial, and resurrection, friend. It's repentance, death. You can't get around it. There's no way to get around it. You're not gonna, you're gonna, gonna skip on God's plan. You can skip on man's and do it their way and say, well, you don't have to. It's just something that you ought to obey, but you don't, that's not part of salvation. It's just in obedience. What kind of nonsense is that? Would you ask, answer me, what kind of nonsense is it if God asks you to do something that, oh, I'm like Saul. I really don't have to do that. I'll do it like this, and we'll sacrifice this other stuff. And we'll go to the old folks' home every Sunday, and we'll do this, and we'll have a food bank, and we'll give, and we'll go visit, and we'll do, and we'll do, and we'll do, and we're doing that. What are you doing? God, don't look at all that mess. 
He said, if you do it to these, you do it as unto me. And you're not going to lose a reward. He said, but from the very get-go, every time God done something, he sent his people his people into the world from the beginning of time there's always been the people of God that got they'll get busted up in a group of go here and he sent and he sent Abram when he called Abram after the after the flood he said I'm going to walk with man and he chose Abram he said Abram let me tell you what you do if you're going to be my man you're going to be a missionary and I think I hear Jesus say, hey, you shall be witnesses of my name in Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. He never had a church that he didn't send on a mission, that he didn't send out to the world to show them the mighty God. Everywhere Abraham went, he showed them the power and the glory and the magnitude of God in provision and in faith and in the works of his mighty hand. And so... have a brazen altar and the fire never goes out I'm going to get comfortable now I just got to put that in my head how long is that brother man brother uh, is this all right can I can I finish up a little bit and so that fire was to never go out and they would took that fire and they would go Keep the fires burning in the, in the altar of incense. And the altar of incense got its fire from, the, from that brazen altar. But when Jesus came and he shed his life's blood at Calvary. And that blood came streaming down from the cross into the ground. One drop was shed just for you and for me. But I'm telling you, the blood was enough to cover every sin that was ever committed and would ever be committed. It, it was enough. It covered it all. He, there was the blood of the very God of glory. His father was Jehovah God. His mother was the vehicle to get him here that he might be made a high priest Subject unto all things like as we are, that he might be a faithful and just high priest, tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin, that he might be a sufficient sacrifice to take away the sin of the world. And so he came, and no sin or God was found in his mouth, and he died on a rugged tree. And when he died, he stayed in the grave for three days and three nights. And on that next day, he arose with the keys of death and hell in his hand, and he came back with power. And he said, tear ye in Jerusalem till ye be endued with power from on high. And when they was there on the day of Pentecost, it said that cloven tongues like as of everybody say fire, fire. And they was filled with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, I will fill you not many days hence with the Holy Ghost and with fire. For our God is a consuming fire. He don't need that brazen altar. There's a fire of the Holy Ghost that keeps it burning. 
And so, And, uh, hey, and, uh, hey, saints, don't quit praying. Whatever you do, hey, that, that, that altar, that golden, it's called the golden altar, or the altar of incense, it's before that veil. It is a prayer. It is a praise. It is a worship. It, it is all of that. It's the prayers of the saints. It's the praise of the saints. It's the worship of the saints. And God is bottling them up all the time. Don't be weary and well-doing. For in due season, ye shall reap if you faint not. Keep on praying. Keep on magnifying God. Keep on praising. Keep on worshiping. Keep on dancing. Keep on shouting. And so God said, I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He is a consuming fire. It's the fire that spoke with Moses on the backside of the desert. It's the fire that came down and did wondrously on Manoah and his wife's offering before Samuel, Samson was born. And he said the angel did wondrously and the fire come down and consumed the sacrifice. It was pleasing to God. And God loved it. It's that same fire. It's never been out. It'll never go out. That's why it had to burn continually. Don't let the fire go out. It's the Holy Ghost. Keep it burning. Keep it burning. Keep it burning. Brother Brennan, I want my fire to stay burning. No more. I'm afraid sometimes I've, I've let that fire just get down to just where it's really not even hardly flickering. And sometimes to get it burning back like it needs to burn, I gotta pray. I gotta, I gotta weep. I gotta crawl. But I don't care. When I get to that place, I just call. I don't care. I don't care what I got to do. I don't care how I have to act. You got to get that fan in your hand. You'll truly purge your floor for the fan in his hand. And he will, he will gather the garner and he will truly purge his floor. And he will fan. The fan is in his hand. And he's going to fan that little flame until it begins to burn. Until it's able to consume the sacrifice. Therefore, present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. Hey! Present your holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Sacrifice. Where's your altar? You don't have to make a big scene. God don't need your scenery. You don't have to make a theatrical thing about it. 
You just got to come with your brokenness, with your unworthiness, and with your, your humbleness before God. Say, God, I just can't get this done by myself. I need some help. And he's a God that looks down in mercy, and he'll come to your rescue, and he will help you. He will bring you out of the miry clay. He will put your foot back on a rock, and you'll never stray if you'll hold him. fire had to be tended to every day. Or ere the light in the temple would win out. And it did for Eli. And so the sacrifice is made. So let me read it again, 8 and 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came up with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar. And cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. And I'm not going to read the part where. Italian prayed down an angel and got the attention of God that he would get the attention of his man Peter on a rooftop and show him a vision and say go with those men that don't question a thing just do what the Holy Ghost bids you to do and he goes there and he's Cornelius has always got the word that that man over there he'll tell you what thou oughtest to do there's some things that thou oughtest to do to keep your fire burning. Because in the last day. It's going to make the difference. In the heavenlies. Because God's going to take those prayers. And he's going to take that censer in heaven. And he's going to mingle it with the incense. There on that altar. And the prayer and the worship of the saints. Is going to be mingled. And when he casts it into the earth. There's going to be blood fire. There's going to be earthquake and thunderings. And voices and lightnings. Because of the prayers of the saints. And what if God now. Were to tip that bowl that you've got laid up. And that aroma came up unto him even tonight. And he remembered. And that loved one you thought could not be touched anymore. That God reached out and he touched them. And he sent somebody to them. And he brought them in. You better keep on praying. 
Don't you let your fire go out. Your babies are dependent on you and the world is dependent on you. This whole community is dependent on this church. This whole state and country, this world is dependent on us to keep the fire burning. Don't let the fire go out. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And so, a voice again from the golden altar is heard in the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. 11 and 1, and there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court that is without and the temple leave out. Measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. That outer court, don't you measure that mess? That's given to the Gentiles to trod under their feet. And you measure that one. It signifies worship and praise and prayer and saints. That golden altar. Another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire. <laughs> he came out of that altar, up from under that altar, and this angel had the power over fire. And he's going to do some damage with that fire this time. It's not going to be pretty for them that's here. Somebody come to the music, please. Sister Moore, would you come? I'd like to try to sing a song, maybe. And so, sometimes we get in the place where, Pastor Moore, that, I don't know, we just kind of lose our, we just kind of lose our way in a sense, or, or, we, we just kind of get caught in, in just living and, and just kind of going with the flow. Does that make sense? Uh, that we, 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 we kind of get, uh, get caught up with uh, just being and, and doing. And if we're not careful, and don't tell me you've never done it. You miss that morning or evening sacrifice. Oh, sometimes we'll just do something like, now let me down and say, thank you, Lord. I really didn't have time to sacrifice.
And I hear the Apostle Paul saying this. He said, I protest by your rejoicing. In Christ Jesus, my Lord, I die daily. He understood the need of going to an altar. Because an altar is a place of sacrifice. Inevitably, it's a place of death. But once you go to that altar of sacrifice, the next altar. The next altar, it's not brazen. It's not a place of death. It's a place of life. Praise and worship is the normal. Where praise and worship is all that's allowed. Where loving Jesus is the only thing that matters. And where when you do it, and you do it and your heart is right because you've been to the sacrifice to that altar of sacrifice. But you know, when Jesus showed us how to pray, he goes, our Father, there's a way for you to die. And you've got to acknowledge our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. You're great and mighty. You've got to extol him. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Then, give us this day the provision that you know we really need, God, our daily bread, the bread of life. And then forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then it goes right back to the start. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Starts out with letting him know that you believe that he is everything. And then you can ask him what you will. And then you come back and say, because I know that thou art the great I am. I worship you. You are the almighty. Thy kingdom is forever and ever. And I worship you, Jesus. There's a song that says, I see a crimson stream of blood. Would you stand?
that flows from Calvary. And it's way they reach the throne of God. They are now sweeping over me. You know, I went back to my altar, Brother Quinn. I was kind of like Elijah on Mount Carmel that day when he faced all the false prophets. 850 years. Said the altar of the Lord was broken down. The first order of service was after they had called on their God all day long and no answer could be heard or found. Said Elijah rebuilt the altar of the Lord with the 12 stones for the 12 tribes. Said he laid his wood in order. It's amazing. Brother, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost and fire that God sent. That that brazen altar in our life It's got to have fire from God so we can offer praise that is meet for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You can't offer praise and incense unto God off that altar without the Holy Ghost. That's where you get the fire. Don't have the fire on its own. It came from that that was sacrificed outside the Out the gate. And Abraham presented his sacrifice unto the Lord, saying, He laid, and the Mosaic law wasn't yet, but he laid the pieces in order. God has always had an order, Brother Moore. Always has, always will. That's not necessary. Maybe, maybe not, huh? But is it necessary for you to make heaven? Is it necessary for you to do it God's way? Or is it necessary for you to do it the way you want to do it? Well, I don't think that's the problem. You're doing too much thinking and not that the Word of God do the thinking for you. And so it said that a, a burning furnace and a smoking lamp pass through the pieces and the fire of God came and passed through those pieces Abraham offered God always comes with fire and so it was on Carmel that day he got the wood in order and he put the bullock in order upon the wood 
know the story. They filled it up with water, the ditch and everything, and covered the sacrifice with water. When he got his altar right, and he prayed unto his God, said the fire of God come down and consume the altar. The wood, the water, the stones, the bullock and all. God was pleased with the sacrifice. <laughs> Sometimes we find our altars broken down. And all we got to do though is rebuild that altar. I'm just wondering does anybody want to rebuild their altar tonight? Well, Brother Ford, it's not completely down. Well, do you think you maybe ought to just try a little sacrifice at that altar then? Well, I, I, you know, my altar, is the fire burning at the incense? You want your prayers answered? You want your prayers hindered? What do you want? There's power in the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. I see a crimson stream of
and sadness whispers you've sinned there's no need for you to pray that's when I look away to my Jesus and he tells me to say I see a crimson stream of blood that flows from Calvary you doing anything to make it look good I want it to be just like it is I want you to come just like you are that's your altar and be a place where anybody can come oh that it can be a place that there's no expectations but unto God that you can give yourself no matter what shape you're in that you can fall upon the mercies of God and he will come to you rescue and he will lift you up out of your predicament and give you peace that passeth all understanding. Come on, talk to God tonight. Let the power of the blood flow. Let the cleansing of Jesus Christ flow and, and cleanse your heart and your spirit tonight. That the fire of God can burn afresh in your life. That the wind of the spirit would blow upon the fire of the altar and ignite within you a burning flame that cannot be extinguished. In the name of Jesus. 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 I see a crimson stream of blood that flows from Calvary. And its ways, hey, they reach the throne of God. I oh, looks through the blood, and he sees you white as snow. Come on, get covered with the blood tonight. And 
when gloom and sadness they come and whisper they say hey look you've sinned and there's no need there's no use for you to pray that's when I look away to my Jesus you know what and Jesus tells me to say hey Satan I see a crimson stream of blood it still flows from Calvary I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but there's no other way. There's no other gospel. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus will give it to you. He wants to give it to you. Just don't doubt. Just believe God. Just don't doubt. Just believe God. They reach the throne of God. Can't you feel them right now? I feel them sweeping over me. I feel them sweeping over me. Come on, we have an altar where all they don't have a right to eat of this earth. We have an altar, the altar of Christ Jesus our Lord, where he feeds us the bread of heaven, where he feeds us from his table of life. This is power and grace and it's ways they reach the throne of God. They are now sweeping over me. Would everybody say that with a say? I see a crimson stream of Flows from Calvary, and its ways they reach the throne of God, and they're now sweet being over me. Come on, tell the enemy of your soul, say, I see. I see a crimson stream of blood. Oh, I see it flowing that flow from Emmanuel's veins. The blood will never lose its power. And its ways, they reach the throne of God. And they more time oh I see
sun stream of blood that flows from Calvary and its ways they reach the throne of God they are now attention tonight we understand the importance of a personal altar and without it you can't depend on the altar of the church you, you, you can't depend on just the altar of the church and just on everybody else's but everybody's got to have their own to activate and keep the blood flowing and keep the fire burning Without that personal altar, you can get oversplashes and things like that get you by from service to service. But it's not like the genuine. Because to move the golden altar in heaven in our behalf, there's got to be that personal earthly altar that you and I go and visit on a regular basis that causes that to be activated. Thank God for it tonight. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Ford, for the word of God tonight. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we need to rebuild the altars in our lives. We cannot live the life, the overcoming life, the victorious life that we all desire to live and be involved in without having altars in our lives. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for the word of God tonight. And Oh, let's let it be alive in our lives tonight. Let it get a hold of us. Amen. It's a lack of, amen. Thank God these altars are not beautiful altars. These are not type of altars, amen, that presses people and things of that nature. No, these are altars that we offer ourselves upon, amen, is a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. Praise God. Praise God. Thank God for it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What, what a privilege and honor again, even in those areas, and the power that can be released, amen, in our hearts and lives upon this earth. On this earth, as we tend to them, as we make sure they keep burning in our lives on a regular basis. Praise God. All right. Birthdays. Birthdays tonight. I know there's a couple of other chairings. Sister Ford. Uh, Natalie. All right. Sister Natalie. Who else? Brother Matt. That's right. My goodness. You come on, brother. We'll try it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Anyone else? All right. I believe there's four of them. Okay. Well, Sister Natalie probably wouldn't agree. Tell them, Sister Natalie. Oh, no. All right. We're going to sing happy birthday.
anniversaries. All right, Brother Matt, Sister Gina, Brother Tony, Sister Shelley. Anyone else? Have we missed anyone? All right, let's sing happy anniversary. Give them a good hand tonight. God bless them. All right. Love and appreciate you. Any announcements? Not that I know of. Uh, good possibility, Brother Sanford, to be with us Sunday. Unless <laughs> something changes there. But uh, we're planning. And if it doesn't happen, it'll be okay. All right? So, uh, but he's, he is planned to be with us next Sunday. Uh, but we we just be back to our regular service Wednesday night, 6, 6.30 prayer time, 7 o'clock service time. Come back expecting just a great move of God. Love you. Appreciate you. Continue to pray for one another. Lift up one another. Let's pray for our country, folks. Pray for our country. I'm telling you, it's such a turmoil, the, the president election and all that's going on. But let's pray. Let's pray like we've never prayed. Amen. Let's bear that responsibility. Call on the hand of God, the mercy of God, the guidance of the Lord, and help us in this end time. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.